We pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Daddy? Mommy? How many of you have heard that in the middle of the night? A little hand touched Reed Lessing's forehead. He opened his eyes. The clock on the bedstead said 3.44. That would be a.m. Yeah, Jonathan? I need to go to the bathroom. Thanks for the update, son. Go. <laughs> Jonathan was about four years old at that time. And our home had just been remodeled, and one bathroom was now at the end of a very long hallway. When you're four and wandering the house in the dead of the night, a new hallway looks five miles long. And there are all these multiple doorways out there, and giants live there. Giants waiting to jump out and eat little boys for a late night snacks. Daddy? Yeah, Jonathan. Please come with me. Uh, thanks for the invite, son, but Daddy's kind of tired right now. You go. I'll be with you in spirit. Shuffle, 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 stop. Turn around. Shuffle, shuffle, back. Daddy? Yes, Jonathan. I need someone with skin on. Jonathan knew the dark hallways were not conquered by the promise that I'll be with you in spirit. A mystical, abstract, impersonal, vague presence just doesn't cut it. Jonathan needed a strong hand to guide him and a loving heart to be with him. Jonathan needed someone with skin on. Job knows all about long, dark hallways. Come with me to a God-forsaken ash heap. There sits Job with a shaved head and sores all over his body. His ten children have all been destroyed. They died in a tornado that struck the house where they were having a feast. Raiding bands from neighboring lands and lightning from the heavens had taken all his animals, killed all his servants. It had all reduced Job from his former position as the greatest man in the East to a pitiful, ghastly sight, scraping himself with bits of broken pottery. Any number of giants had jumped out and eaten Job for a late night snack. On this day of days, Resurrection Day, we wrap up our sermon series on the book of Job. And our text this morning is Job chapter 19, verse 25. I know that my Redeemer lives. And we're good Lutherans here, so we ask the necessary question, what does this mean? Well, it means that we aren't insulated from life's tragedies but neither are we intimidated by them. It means that we have something to, someone to walk with us through life's long, dark hallways. And he's got skin on. This is the Mount Everest verse of Job. So let's unpack Job 19.25. As we climb the mountain, we begin at the first base camp. I know. Job is living his worst nightmare. Job 3, he lamented, What I feared has come upon me. What I dreaded has happened to me. And yet Job doesn't say, I kind of think, or I sure would like it if, or wouldn't it be nice, or knock on wood, or maybe, no way, Jose. Although Job has been severely assaulted, 
He has not been defeated. Although he has lost much of that was valuable to him, he still has what is most precious. Although he is down, he is not out. Job dares to confess, I know. There are a lot of things we don't know. We don't know why we had to bury the love of our life. We don't know why our child turned against us. We don't know why we lost that job. We don't know why our parents emotionally abandoned us. And many times, we don't know what God is doing. But instead of living in whimpering sadness and letting giants consume us, with Job, we dare to say, I know. Great. I know what? I know that my Redeemer. We're getting higher. The final supply camp on the edge of the killing zone of Everest, someplace above 26,000 feet. Job doesn't say his Redeemer, her Redeemer, their Redeemer, or your Redeemer. No. It's personal and particular. It's intimate and individual. It's my Redeemer. In the Old Testament, a Redeemer, a Goel, was a close relative, someone with skin on, someone who would rescue, ransom, recover, or redeem anyone, anyone who has been or was in danger of being removed from the family by poverty, war, death, or poor economy. So for instance, if someone had fallen into debt and as a result had sold himself and his family into slavery to pay his debts, the Redeemer would buy them back and set them free. If a piece of property had to be sold, the Redeemer made sure that that title to the property remained in the family. He went and bought it. If a member of the family was hurt or killed, the Redeemer, the Goel, purchased, pursued the legal options and collected the damages assessed against the offender. Whatever goes bad, your Redeemer will make good. Let me repeat that. Whatever goes bad, your Goel, your Redeemer, will make good. What is broken will be mended. What is sick will be healed. Whatever is lost will be retained. Whatever is dead will be made alive. What? Really? That's what Job 19.26 says. And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh, I will see God. I know my Redeemer. His name is Jesus. Jesus is not a mystical, abstract, impersonal, vague idea. Jesus has a strong arm to guide us and a tender heart loving us when we face the long, dark hallways of our life. As Redeemer, Jesus comes not simply to see justice done. He comes to make sure that mercy is given. Jesus bears whatever needs to be borne and carries whatever needs to be carried in order to see that our wrongs are righted. If a sentence is to be served, he'll serve it. If a fine is to be paid, he'll pay it. He does whatever it takes to set us free, even if it means his own life. Jesus forgives my guilt. He forgives your guilt. Jesus destroys our graves. And he did it with skin on. Skin that felt the Roman whip at a place called Gabbatha. Skin that felt the blazing Palestinian sun as he 
This cross piece tore and ripped into that skin on the Via Dolorosa. Skin that felt the thorns of a crown pressed into his head and the hammering of nails into his hands and feet. Skin and muscles and nerves that for six hours bled on a cross all alone on a long, dark, God-forsaken hallway called Golgotha. You can bet there were giants that jumped out. Giants who chewed up Jesus like late-night snacks. Romans, scribes, Pharisees, and then there was Satan. Satan, who took aim, shot straight, and killed. And three days later, this cry rocked the world. I know that my Redeemer lives. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Now we stand at the very top of the world, on the top of Everest, 28,000 feet plus. We can see everything. The angel announced, he is alive. John outran Peter to the tomb. Mary cried out, Rabboni. The Emmaus disciples recognized the risen Christ in the breaking of bread. And when he saw the scars on the living Redeemer, Thomas triumphantly cried, my Lord and my God. Death is dead. The grave is defeated. The free gift of eternal life is absolutely yours forever and ever and ever. You are redeemed. People saw Jesus literally. They didn't see a phantom or experience a sentiment. Grave eulogies often include such phrases as, she'll live on in my heart, or he sure looks good in the casket, or I'll remember them in a song. Christ's followers didn't say any such nonsense. That's because they saw him in the flesh. And that's because Jesus was and is physically and factually resurrected from the dead. I know that my Redeemer lives. What comfort this sweet sentence gives. He lives, he lives, who once was dead. He lives, my ever-living head. There's a word for all of this. It's grace. Grace is the amazing gift that God gives us that says, even when it's all wrong around us. At the very core of our lives, where we are really the most wrong, it's all right, because God forgives all of our sins. Grace is the gift of power. Power to be free, to be the people that God wants us to be. Grace is the promise that on the days when we can barely cope with the circumstances of life that we carry within us, Grace creates faith that tomorrow will be a better day. Grace is the love poured out for us so that all our debts of sin and shame and sorrow are paid. We are released from slavery and our brokenness is repaired. So what does all this mean? It means that whatever your dark hallway looks like, whatever your giants are saying, you do not walk alone. And why is that? Because he lives, all glory to his name. He lives, my Jesus, still the same. Oh, the sweet joy that sentence lives. I know that my Redeemer lives. Hallelujah. Amen. Now may the peace which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.